Welcome to Shadow Life. A week later, Roman was sitting up in Georgie's bedroom, recycling old roaches that still had a hit or two of weed in them. Georgie had collected them from his old man's ashtray in his parents' bedroom. Waste not, want not, Roman said, as he tore apart the roaches and pulled out the little tiny piece of weed in each one. Yeah, but we need to find a nice bag pretty soon or else it's going to be scarce city, Georgie replied. I heard that Stevie made like $500 off that pound of weed he got last week. And that was just some old Mexican ragweed too, Georgie continued. If we could get just our hands on one lousy pounds, or even a few ounces of high-quality ganja, shit, we could chop it up into grams. We could make enough to keep us in high heaven for the rest of the year. Sounds great, Roman replied. Only problem is, where you got the money to buy it? A pound of red bud last time I checked was like $400. Let's see how much I got. Roman acted like he's checking his wallet. Oh, I'm only $397 short. How about you? Georgie just shrugged, waved his hand at Roman. Don't get lost in the little details. Where there's a will, there's a way, right? Aren't you always saying that? Look, man, if we can get our hands on some decent grass, I'm not talking about Acapulco gold or frickin' red bud, but just some good quality grass like that shit we had a few weeks back. Remember? That did the trick, didn't it? We were stoned out of our gourds on that shit. Roman nodded, recalling how high he had gotten before class one morning. He was sitting in the back row of the alt-ed class, staring out the window, daydreaming as usual. The teacher was pretty cool with teachers go. But the material was so boring, Roman almost nodded off. He fumbled in his army jacket pocket for a pack of smokes, and he lit up a Marlboro, just like if he was outside hanging on the streets or something. As he exhaled a large plume of smoke in the back of the class, completely oblivious to his surroundings, the teacher yelled at him to put out the damn cigarette immediately and come up to the front of the class and find a seat. Roman's mind snapped back to reality. Oh shit, he thought. You stupid fuck. What the hell were you thinking? Idiot. The teacher looked into Roman's eyes as he came up front and just shook his head in wonder. Wow. You're pretty buttered there, aren't you, partner? The teacher replied. Roman looked up and smiled like a stupid stone kid freshman he was. Buttered? <laughs> That's a good one, Mr. Stansky. It's Stanislavski. And you can go to the principal's office if you don't shape up right this minute. You understand me? You're as high as a kite, aren't you? Roman laughed at that. Yeah, sure am. Then he turned and walked out the door, never to return. Roman zoomed back in to the present and focused on what Georgie was going on about. If we can find a pound of decent grass for about $400, then we'll cut it up in dime bags at $10 a pop or whatever. Don't you see, Roman? Man, we'd be making a killing. I don't know, Roman said. Sounds like a lot of work getting rid of a couple hundred dime bags. Like a couple hundred chances of getting caught if you ask me. Man, Georgie, I'm on thin ice as it is at home. Ever since I rode that stolen dirt bike through the hallway at junior high last year, 
Now, I almost went to jail for that crazy stunt. We're not going to get caught. Not if we're smart about it. We'll only sell to people we know. Like, really know. I don't know. Anyways, what the hell are you talking about? We don't have $400, remember? Georgie wasn't easily deterred. One of the things Roman liked most about him. Like a dog with a bone. He just kept on going. Look, a simple $400 investment, 200 bucks from the two of us, right? We'll break it down to a few ounces, some quarter bags, maybe the rest in dime bags. If we can get 192 dime bags out of that one LB, we'll make like $1,920 off that $400 investment. Well, not exactly, Georgie went on. First, we'll have to recoup our initial buy-in of 400 but then that'll leave us like $1,520. I mean, split two ways, right, partner? We're looking at $760 each, my brother, from another mother. How about that? Georgie did the math in his head so fast, Roman's mind was spinning. Well, okay. Roman was already spending his share of the money in his head. Why not just get two LBs, Roman suggested. Double the profits, right? Hell, with that kind of money, I could buy a car. It was getting harder and harder taking John and Moore's cars to sneak out at night. They were up to his ways these days. There you go. Now you're talking, Georgie said, beaming his irresistible smile. It worked like magic on all the girls in class. Georgie got more pussy than Hugh motherfucking Hefner, Roman surmised. Roman was only six months older than Georgie. But Georgie was 10 years older when it came to sexual conquest. Roman had never seen anything like it. Georgie could just look at a girl and smile. And 10 minutes later, he'd have their designer jeans on the floor. Roman didn't have it going on like Georgie did. His teeth were still fucked up from that dirt bike crash. And all the fights he seemed to get in lately didn't help his looks. He just felt uncomfortable around most girls. All right, big shot, Roman said. And where, pray tell, are you going to get $200 from? Ask your dad for a small business loan? Don't know yet, but I'm working on it. Give me a couple of days to work it out. What about you? Any ideas on how to get your hands on some dough? I don't know. Maybe. Roman was thinking of those nightly deposits Mr. Z made in his floor safe. There had to be several hundred dollars in there on any given day, he thought. Roman had only told one person about what had happened at the Texaco station when Mr. Z had tried his bullshit. Georgie thought they should beat the shit out of him for that, wanting to take a Louisville slugger to him. But he also agreed with Roman best not to poke the hornet's nest with Mora and the cops. So they just dropped it. What about the Texaco? Didn't you tell me that Mr. Z keeps all the cash in that floor safe? That once a week, he has to make his deposit at the bank? What if we robbed him when he was in the safe? There's gotta be loads of cash in there. More than enough to buy a couple of pounds of weed, Georgie said excitedly. Okay, Einstein, Roman retorted. Rob him with what? Our fingers poking out from our jackets? You think he's gonna just let a couple of punk kids walk in there and take his money? 
for someone who can calculate math in his head, you're dumb as shit sometimes, I swear. Fuck you, Georgie shot back. Fuck your mama, Roman said, smiling. You wish, you faggot. Roman didn't mind when Georgie called him a faggot or queer or homo. He knew he was just joking. No harm, no foul. But let some other person or punk kid call him that? Oh, hell no. Blood would spill. Georgie said, I know where we can get some guns. My grandpa had a bunch. All kinds, if I remember. Pistols, rifles, shotguns. Grandma put them all away after he died. But I bet she still has them somewhere. Probably stashed in his closet. Roman just stared at Georgie and Georgie at him. Were they really talking about this? Robbing Mr. Z with real fucking guns? Like a couple of outlaws? Who were they? John Dillinger? Al Capone? Josie Wells? Adrenaline rushed through his veins like lightning crackling across the sky. The hairs on the back of his neck stood up. Are you serious, Roman said, looking at Georgie? Why not, Georgie said. Fuck that old perv. I think it's just compensation for what he tried to do to you. Why should he get away with that shit and you get nothing? Fuck him, that's what I say. Roman looked into Georgie's big brown eyes, and like all the girls in school, he fell under their spell as well. Fuck him, Roman said. Let's do it. few days later. It was four o'clock in the morning, and a little fog was starting to drift in as Roman picked Georgie up in the alley behind his grandma's house, in a car that he had just stolen from the parking lot of a grocery store across town. A 1978 Toyota Celica GT, motor trend car of the year, dark blue with the keys left in the ignition, as if God wanted Roman to have it for their little caper. Nice wheels, Georgie said as he climbed in. Where'd you get it? Kroger's parking lot off a division, Roman said. Sweet. When we're done, I'll just drop it in the ghetto somewhere. Let someone else take it for a joyride. Perfect, Georgie said. So what'd you get? What's in the sack? Roman felt like a kid at Christmas. Georgie pulled out his grandpa's old army Colt 45 ACP and handed it to Roman. Holy shit, it's heavier than it looks, Roman said. How do you shoot it, he asked Georgie. Fuck if I know. Shoot what, dickhead? It's just for show. You start waving that around, old Mr. Z will probably piss himself. Roman jerked back when Georgie pulled out a pump shotgun next. Holy fuck, Roman exclaimed. Is that thing loaded? Again, Georgie just looked at him. What do I look like, G.I. Joe? How the hell should I know? I mean, it's a shotgun. I'm guessing there's bullets inside. Who cares? When that fucking pervo sees this bad boy leveled at him, he'll hand over whatever we tell him to. Roman put the car in a drive and sped down the alley. As the criminal enterprise spied on the Texaco station's early morning activities from across the way, ready to pounce as soon as they saw Mr. Z open the floor safe like he had every Thursday morning when Roman worked there. The fog now blanketed the city and gave them the much-needed cover, but it was a double-edged sword, for it was making it even more difficult for the two of them to see what the old guy was up to inside. 
Now or never, Georgie said, and pulled a ski mask over his face while picking up the shotgun. Roman nodded and did the same. His mouth was dry as dust, and every hair on his body was standing up, electrified. The rush of adrenaline was beginning to course through his veins as he firmly gripped the pistol in both hands. He had to, otherwise it was too heavy for him to hold it up for very long. Both he and Georgie jogged the short distance to the diffused Texaco starlights shrouded by the fog. Their timing couldn't have been better. When they came through the door shouting, Get your hands up! This is a robbery! Roman wasn't sure why they felt the need to state the obvious, but that's the way it was in all the TV shows and movies, so they had him dead to rights. Mr. Z was kneeling on the floor in front of the safe with bank deposit bag in one hand that looked to be stuffed with money, his other hand on his knee. What the hell? Mr. Z said, completely surprised. Give us that bag, you old perv, Georgie yelled at him. Mr. Z's eyes narrowed as he stared at the two punks before him. Like hell I will. He got him from his kneeling position quicker than Roman would have guessed possible. Shut the fuck up and hand it over, Roman growled as menacingly as he could, pointing the forty-five caliber at his former boss. God damn it was heavy as hell, and his woolen ski mask was itching his face. Mr. Z smiled then. I know you, little fucking crybaby punk. Get the hell out of here before I call the police, you little snot no shit. I ain't giving you nothing, except maybe some of this, and he grabbed his crotch, beginning to laugh at the two punks in front of him. Georgie made the first move. He lunged at Mr. Z with his shotgun as if it were a stick, trying to make him drop the money bag. Roman wasn't sure of the reasoning behind it, but neither he nor Georgie had expected what Mr. Z did next. Quick as a snake, his hand shot out and grabbed the barrel of Georgie's shotgun, trying desperately to wrestle it away. Mr. Z gave it a sharp pull and Georgie fell right into his hands. As Mr. Z and Georgie wrestled for control of the gun, Roman bent down and retrieved the bank bag, stuffing it into his army jacket. Let him go, Roman roared at Mr. Z. Let him go, now! Mr. Z never acknowledged Roman's demand and continued struggling with Georgie. It looked like Mr. Z was getting the best of Georgie when Roman decided he had had enough. This had gone on far too long. Anyone driving by the gas station could see all the commotion going on. Let him go, goddammit, Roman screamed at Mr. Z. This time it got his attention. Mr. Z put Georgie in a chokehold like he'd been taught to do in the army as he had fought in the Korean War. Infantry. He started to choke him out cold. You're next, you little faggot, Mr. Z said to Roman. Before he could draw another breath, Roman brought the forty-five down upon Mr. Z's head. Over and over, he used that heavier-than-fuck pistol and beat the old man until he let go of Georgie. Come on! We gotta go! We gotta run! Roman shouted at Georgie, still groggy from being choked out. What about the... Georgie started to say. I got the money! Let's get the fuck out of here! 
as they stumbled and ran out the door, leaving Mr. Z in a bloody heap behind them. Holy shit, Roman said as they jumped into the car. Holy fucking shit, that was insane. Fucking totally insane. Roman's heart was in his chest, beating like a locomotive. Georgie was coughing and trying to catch his breath. Roman dropped the Celica GT into gear and laid rubber as he peeled out and down the road away from the Texaco Star. Slow down, Georgie said. You're going too fast. Roman glanced at the speedometer, and Georgie was right. 80 was way too fast on a road with a 35-mile-per-hour zone. Roman slowed just as the patrol car behind them's blue lights came on. Now here's a bag full of money sitting in his lap. Thousands of dollars to do whatever he wanted. Go wherever he wanted. Fuck this town, Roman thought. He'd lose this cop car just like he had so many times before. And he floored it. The GT howled as its powerful turbo engine pushed its limits. 60, 70, 90 miles per hour. There, Roman saw it. A gravel parking lot in front of the discount tire store. He swung hard over and just barely made it as the Celica started sliding sideways, dust billowing up behind him, blocking the cop's view. As Roman tried to wrestle the car back under control, one of the tires blew out. As he slammed on the emergency brake, he and Georgie bailed out and ran. The chase was on. Another police car joined in, then another. Roman was trying to figure out how he was going to lose them. Roman told Georgie they had to split up. He pointed to a wooden fence in the back. Go, jump that. We'll meet up later. Roman ran into them to hide. He had to find something better. The cops were right behind him now. He could hear him yelling to one another. Roman scurried behind a dumpster, keeping his head down and wedged himself in between some empty oil drums, hoping he wouldn't be seen as he crouched down in the shadows behind the building. He'd stay hidden and he held his breath. So far it was working. He'd seen a cop run right by him without so much as taking a second glance at his hiding spot. But this wasn't going to be good for much longer. Roman knew that much. He counted to 10, took a deep breath, and crept out of the shadows. One more step and I'll blow your fucking head off, the cop yelled at Roman. All Roman saw was the barrel of the cop's pistol staring him right in the face. It looked big enough to crawl into. Huge black hole seemed to beckon Roman to enter. Just take one more step. Handcuff and in the back of the cop car, Roman's mind was reeling. You're in the big leagues now, boy. As the cops drove him back to the Texaco station to get ID by Mr. Z, Roman heard over their radio that they were still searching for Georgie. Keep on running, Georgie. Roman silently prayed, keep on running. Mr. Z stood there, holding a bloody towel to his head and pointing at Roman. Yep, that's the two-bit punk that robbed me, assaulted me. I had a hold of his accomplice, almost had them both. Thought that they could just steal my money. Ha! I hope you rot in jail, you punk. Mr. Z yelled as the cops drove off with Roman in the back. Roman was held in a private cell in the back of the Cook County Jail. Since he was just a juvenile, 16, 
They didn't want him in with the regular criminals. Roman wondered if they were afraid what might happen to him. This almost made him laugh. The deputy jailer turned in his chair to look at the trustee who had just made a remark to another one of his pals. Why that white boy gets sold all to himself? <laughs> you know what they say, if you ain't white, you ain't right. The other trustee replied and shook his head. Deputy Jailer said, How about you fellas worry more about cleaning the floors than how I run this here jail? For your information, Jones, that white boy back there just pistol whipped a grown man, a war veteran, beat the poor guy half to death with a 45. Barely a day over 16. Would you rather I toss him in with the likes of you? Deputy Jailer spun back around and concentrated on the paperwork that Roman had created for him. What a heaping pile of steaming shit this kid put on his desk. It was a minefield dealing with juvies that commit adult crimes like he had. Too dangerous to stick in with the juvenile prisoners, but too young to throw in with the adult prisoners. The deputy sighed heavily as he picked up the phone to contact Roman's parents. I guess that's why I'm making the big bucks, right, he thought. Mora and John were beside themselves, absolutely horrified of the crimes Roman had been charged with. First degree armed robbery, assault with a deadly weapon, fleeing from the police, resisting arrest, they just went on and on. Once Mora was finally allowed to see Roman, she was speechless. She began to cry, inconsolable tears streamed down her face. John sat beside her with his arms around her, doing his best to comfort her. Oh, Roman, Roman, what have you done? Mora whispered through the phone as she stared at him through the thick plexiglass partition. All Roman could do was stare at the top button of her blouse. Unable to meet her eyes, he just couldn't. No way. He'd never stop the crying that would flood forth. How could he explain himself now? It was too late. Too late to try to tell her what had happened. That he was almost raped by that. That all he wanted was just to settle the score. Just balance things out. Balance the scales of justice, you know. For what Mr. Z had done to him. Now though, with everything laid out under the unforgiving fluorescent lights of the visiting booth, Roman's reasons seemed to pale to warrant such a response. So he just sat there and stared blankly back at Mora. As the guards ushered Mora and John out, Roman heard her say, We'll get you a lawyer, don't worry. We'll get you out of here, I promise. Mora wailed as the steel door slammed shut. Roman heard from Mora during one of their phone calls that the police had eventually apprehended Georgie. It had taken almost three days but with the help of several different law enforcement departments, they had tracked him down in Indiana, hiding out with a distant relative. Georgie had made a crucial mistake, calling home to talk to his mother. Mora had said that Georgie's father had pulled some strings with the local authorities, and Georgie was given one year on probation. He was sent to a military school for boys somewhere in Michigan, that they had been lenient on him since he hadn't actually struck Mr. Z in the sense of assaulting him 
so he wasn't being charged the same as Roman was. Roman, Roman, you're in very serious trouble, son. I don't know what you think you know about what's going on, but they're the state. But the state is going to try you as an adult. But the state is trying to charge you as an adult. Do you realize what that means? Do you? You'll go to prison with convicted, hardened criminals. You're just a boy, for God's sakes. How can they even think that? Mora began to sob into her handkerchief. Roman didn't know what to think. To say that he was scared, <laughs> that was an understatement of the largest order. Roman was petrified of what lay before him. Prison with grown-ass men, major badasses, major bad dudes, murderers, rapists, not your small-time Mr. Z. No, this was a whole nother level. This was the big leagues. Thank you for listening to Shadow Life, The Roman Files. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please consider clicking on the Support the Show button and make a small donation. A portion of the proceeds will go to those in need of mental health services like The Trevor Project and Brain and Behavioral Research Foundation. Music